Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello pod people and welcome to Clash of the Title, the show where two movies with something in common go head to head to see which one did it better. On Monday we bunked off school and hit the big smoke with Ferris Bueller, meaning today we are putting precocious kids in mortal danger courtesy of Adventures in Babysitting. Meet Chris Park. Getting ready for the greatest night of her life. Hi. I gotta cancel. Now she's stuck babysitting the Anderson kids. What could possibly go wrong? Chris, I'm in trouble. Hang up and sit down. I'll be there in half an hour. So which one wins? You're about to find out in Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Podders. I'm Chris Silly. I'm Vicky Crompton. And I'm Alex. You slip me the cash and I'll slip you the wiener, Zane. Good choice. Yeah. It's a good line. How you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Good. How are you? Yeah. You right? You right, Vicky? Yeah, no, I'm really good. You right. seem like yeah. in a trance-like state then. It was weird. <laughs> well, it's because I'm nervous because Chris is doing small talk and then I think he's going to go, hey, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> you were, so you were giving nothing before he could tell you to give nothing. Aha, that's right. That's how I roll. Good. Yeah. Clever. Clever. All right, that's, that's it. Stop. <laughs> How I roll. That's how I roll, <laughs> Chris. <laughs> uh, these are my choices this week, and I picked them because I like them. So with that done, it's review time. <laughs> yeah, it's not as good second time round, is it, that bit? No. No, it's just good to remind people if you hadn't listened to the yep. first episode. Yep. No, that's fair. fair. Uh, but who, who does that? Who would come straight to the second episode? If you don't like the first film, but you like the second film. That's yeah. an insane thing to do. I don't know. I, so I pick and choose sometimes. I couldn't give a toss what these people have to say about very few. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you are thinking that, do listen to that episode. It's very good. It's um, really, really good, actually. And if you are listening, give us a review because we love them. And we read out our favourites on the Thursday show like this one yeah. from Lucy Fairbairn entitled Embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> that's how Lucy rolled. <laughs> I already like her. Lucy writes, this podcast makes me look like an idiot when I'm walking to uni because I constantly laugh out loud in the street. Needless to say, I thoroughly enjoy the many hours I spend listening. Last year's Spotify stats were borderline alarming. <laughs> uh, thank you for all the fun during lockdown and making Monday and Thursdays the best days of the week. P.S. Always rooting for you in the quiz, Vicky. Five oh, stars. my God. 
thank you. Five stars. Well, it should make you feel bad, I think. Yeah, because I've let her down. You're disappointing Lucy every <laughs> single week. But I care so much, mm. which is the important thing. Uh, but I do have to hold my hands up. Some of those answers weren't in order like I claimed they were. Mm-hmm. So I'm it's sorry. It's a massive quiz, actually. It For was. you, that's surprising. You're it's a so, disaster. Normally so good at quizzes. I know, I've, and I'm, I'm not going to sleep this week because of that. Good. Apologies. Good. Um, it won't Apologies happen again. Everyone. You shouldn't. You should stay awake. All right. Um, On Monday, we saved Ferris, meaning today we're having a babysitting adventure. So, Alex, take us on that journey. Chris is very excited about going on a date because her date is Bradley Whitford. I get that. But then he's not the Bradley Whitford we know and love from the West Wing. He's a slime ball who cancels. So instead, she ends up babysitting the Anderson kids and their super horny neighbour, Daryl. How horny is Daryl? Well, later, we'll see the 15-year-old try and barter with a sex worker about what she'll do for $20 before attempting to look into a sleeping girl's top. So yeah, pretty horny slash predatory. Anyway, after Chris's friend Brenda runs away from home to the scariest bus station in the world, the gang end up getting in all sorts of weirdly specific scrapes and situations in Chicago as they try and get back to suburbia. Including a laughing tow truck driver whose hand was crushed in an accident and whose wife is now cheating on him. A car-stripping crime syndicate who write incriminating details about their organization's operations on a Playboy centerfold. A very strange college student called Dan who I thought was going to murder someone. Meeting the cast of The Warriors on a train. (laughs) And Vincent D'Onofrio as Thor, the god of thunder. In the end, they get home and then Dan turns up like the psychopath he is. (laughs) Maybe to kiss Chris, maybe to murder Chris. A question left unanswered by the time the credits roll. Dan shows up and says, I need a babysitter. <laughs> for, for who? For me. Well, she wants to put you to bed <laughs> yeah, right. and took so you in. Immediately. And make your dinner. It conjures up those images of those stressed businessmen who pay dominatrix yeah. to basically put them in a nappy yeah. and spank them. Yeah. Dan is a fucking wrong in this entire movie. <laughs> also, also, he looks a lot like Paul Rudd, which really threw me. He's father the bride. Yeah. He's George Newburn. Oh! From Father, he's the groom in Father of the Bride where he has so little to do he can't creep the fuck out of everyone. <laughs> yeah, he's very much the straight man, isn't he, in that film? He does nothing in that. I think he goes, oh, I've, I'm panicking I'm about late. this, Steve Martin. <laughs> and Steve Martin goes, well, I'm not funny anymore, so let me give you some advice. Oh, he's funny in Father of the Bride. That's good, Steve Martin. No, 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 no. The man f- with two brains is good, Steve Martin. That's great, Steve Martin. Okay, sorry. Okay, fine. If great is those, I thought good was top. But yeah, all right, it's good, Steve Martin. Okay. But not Father of the Bride 2. That can do one. <laughs> so, history with the movie. I'll start. First watch for me. I remember seeing the cover. It's quite a good cover. It's brilliant. <gasps> really yeah. good cover. That's what I was literally going to say. Yeah, so I saw this on the shelf of Barker's video on Street Lane. Once again, a massive shout out to Leeds for having a road called Street Lane. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, it's Elizabeth Shue abseiling down a skyscraper with all the kids hanging off her, like with ropes, uh, towels tied together, sheets tied together or something. Uh, it looked great. It didn't look as great as the cover of Aliens, Predator or anything else I wanted to watch back then. So I never saw it. So this was a first watch for me. And I will say, hands down, it's a fucking lie. That (laughs) video cover, it's bullshit. Do not put a scene on your video cover, drawn or otherwise, that is then not in your movie. Because I was waiting for that moment. Yeah. Vicky. Never seen it. Never even heard of it. Yeah, I didn't recognise the poster, but I thought it's a a brilliant poster. But... um, I wanted, yeah, I was excited to watch it because I knew that it was important to you, Chris. Yeah, yep. Um, weirdly, it's funny you say it, weirdly specific memory for me. Um, I remember the ad in a newspaper for this because it was that poster. It was called A Night on the Town mm. in the UK. Mm. But um, 
I didn't realise who'd drawn it, but it was like, if you saw Steven Spielberg in, in a, on a poster yep. when you were six, you knew it meant something special. Mm. And if you saw artwork like this, because it was Drew Struzan, mm. who did, you know, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, everything, Harry Potter. And it was sort of magical when you saw a Drew yep. Struzan poster. It made you want to see the film. And also, it's so evocative what he does. And also, it was Elizabeth Shue, who, as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, I was madly in love with because of the karate kid. And right. so, because of those things, I got that out on video because I think it was it a PG or maybe it was a 15 I was able to get it out on video and yeah it was it was exciting wish fulfillment as an 8 year old I could understand this film better than I could understand Ferris Bueller because they were older and they were going through emotions and feelings that I couldn't really understand whereas these teenage kids who were just these little yeah. kids who were just a bit horny they want to look at a porn mag yeah 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 yeah, yeah. did you want to do that at 8 I wanted to go out on a date with Elizabeth Shue. Sure. Um, and I wanted to have an adventure. So it was sort of a wish fulfillment that I could understand in a way that I couldn't appreciate with Ferris. Yeah, mm. that makes sense. Okay. I'll tell you a little bit about this movie. We've got a few debuts here. Uh, this is the first produced movie script from writer David Simpkins, uh, who'd go on to write only one other feature. I don't know if you've seen it, 2008's low-budget horror, Alien Raiders. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Apparently it's very good, but no really? one saw it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's who what... said that? Did David Simpkins say that? Uh, the, the people who've seen it, uh, who were the people who made it. So, uh, <laughs> but he did go on to have a very successful writing career and exec producing a gabillion TV shows like Grimm, The Dresden Files, and most recently, Woo Assassins. So he's had a huge success as old David Simpkins, just not writing movies. We'll get into that. More famously, uh, this was Chris Columbus's directorial debut. Mm. Uh, he'd already written, obviously, Gremlins, The Goonies, and Young Sherlock Holmes, and he said he reviewed over 100 scripts to find the right one, and he chose this film because the story was on a small enough scale that he felt comfortable with it. First question, how bad were the other 99? <laughs> but seriously, is it 100 is not enough? Maybe look at another 100. <laughs> do you think it's the script that's the problem? Yes, I really do. I think it, I, I think it is wholly and entirely the script. I think the casting's good. I think uh, the direction is sort of weird but fine. Um, but I think it's I think it's the direction. Really? I, think, I don't think the script is fantastic, but I think the, I think the direction... Uh, doesn't paper over any cracks, kind of thing. There's but, just there's just so, so many obvious things in the script that it just fails to do. Let's do one now before we even get into the film. Let's do the fact that she is constantly mistaken as the Playboy centerfold, and at no point in the movie does she use that mistaken identity to get anything she needs, mm. which is ridiculous. Mm. Like when she's like at the college party, and those two guys go over to her and go, "Oh my god, it's you, it's you," and she's like, "I need fifty dollars," and then she goes, "It's not me, by the way." What? Flash her tits? Do you... Yes. I oh, know. Where no, does I, this end I, up? I, show a nipple. <laughs> show a nipple. Fifty quid. Show I don't think nipple. Chris is that That's... kind of person. And also, the nipple is—is is that not the main attraction? If you show a nipple, you might as well show the whole boob. Fine. All right. Just wouldn't like... that just. Wouldn't that undermine Chris being Chris I, I, I quite a lovely person? <laughs> yeah. I took it too far. Okay, I took it too far. But at least use the mistaken identity think, thing to your advantage sure. at some point. I think there's a larger question there in that if you've written the Goonies and Gremlins, why are you looking for someone else's script? Mm. Couldn't you write yes, one? Good point. <laughs> You're Chris Columbus. <laughs> sure. You're relatively bankable at this point. <laughs> or like look at a script and go, well, that's not very good. I know because I wrote the Gremlins and Goonies. <laughs> but there is like. There's a huge crossover here, isn't there, with like, with the Goonies, which are kids' movies exclusively to the 80s, kids' movies that have crazy it's, adult themes it's in. It's insane. Yeah. And watching it this time, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. that or, the, Just the things you listed just then when you were doing the intro, it's yeah. like, 
What's it? What a bunch of think? kids. What? No wonder we're all so messed up. What? what should, I, I think they they witness at least two attempted murders. Uh, yeah, in and a, a family I mean, movie. Not to be like like the mum for a second. There's a lot of hitting, and we don't hit. Okay, guys, boys, we don't. The, people get punched a lot in this film, and with modern eyes, uh-huh. it seems excessive, and it seems like oh, to to because it's a comedy. So to get out of a scene, to punish someone in a scene, to do whatever, people just get hit all the time. So it's an easy button if that is acceptable. But this is, I really don't think it is acceptable. I think it's showing. I don't think. I don't. I don't think kids are that susceptible to like. Oh, I saw it on telly, so I'll do it. But it does normalise violence in a way that made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. I don't remember that much. Do you mean like where? So Joe Web- Gibbs gets punched in the face. Um, the fight between where the attempted murder when he tries to shoot the man who's having sex with his wife, that's yep. quite bloody. Mm. Um, when they go after the girl, when she's sliding down the window, there's a huge fight there. There's a lot of hitting. Okay. I don't know. I was nine. I liked hitting. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. You say normalising. Everything seemed normal to my nine-year-old eyes, and I think that's because yeah. I grew up in that decade. If you showed that to a nine-year-old now, would they be weirded out? I hope not. Well, there's a million yeah. things. There are a million things in this movie that you just would not do now. And I, yeah, I mean, I hitting it, is one of them. And it's confused the BBFC because this was a 15, then it became a 12, and then it became a, a sorry PG, and then it became a 12. And if you watch the Disney Plus version, which is what I fucking watch, which I'm an, so angry it's a nightmare. About. It's Why? a nightmare because I that version. Why is it? A because it's got it's, it's dubbed to, to hell initially. Like the, there's the the slur at the start that uh, which Brad is, uses to which dis- should be changed. Right, fine, exactly. Fine, because yep. it's a it's a it's a it's a homophobic slur. A yep. homophobic Get slur rid, to describe thought. But, but everything else is fine. I know. I know. Every, I, and you actually lose the best line in the movie. Don't mess with the babysitter. No, she says to that gang, "Don't fuck with the babysitter." I she must and have it's done. brilliant. It's yeah. a really great moment in the movie, and it's just. Oh, it just loses that. I ended okay. up renting it in SD, which I know is just the definition That's you always rent. standard for me. Yeah, yeah. you just, I mean, it is standard definition and it's standard for you. <laughs> Sorry. But I rented it again to watch that scene That's on the Apple because I was like... You th- threw money because just, just I want... so you could hear someone say bitch rather than witch. No, fuck. <laughs> Oh okay. Fucking, t- it's it's actually it's not even it's not even mess. It's fool. She said don't fool, fool. Yeah, don't fool. With Sorry. the babysitter. Yeah. In it. So the Disney version, it's just it's so ridiculous. It's like the PG version, not the PG thirteen version, which had the swearing in. It's like it's 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 so annoying because you. I, the only reason I stuck with it is because at the start, like Chris says, there is a, a homophobic slur which is dubbed, and you're like, well, actually, fucking well done. If yeah, you get rid of that movie from all these bloody side, films in the eighties. Yeah, great, and that isn't dubbed in the uh, in the Apple version. Sure. Mm. But then you've got like asshole is dubbed for airhead and you're shitting me is dubbed for you're kidding me. Yeah. And these words like are there, I think, in this script because they're quite punchy uh, for mm-hmm. kids to be saying them. And like you say, don't fuck with the babysitter is the line that everyone who loves this movie, like Chris, Agreed. Yeah, yeah. quotes. Yeah. And it's just not there. Yeah. They fucked it. Um, so. <laughs> no, they fooled it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, so Elizabeth Shue um, you may have fallen in love with her after the Karate Kid but mm. she'd kind of given up on acting a little bit she'd gone back to Harvard University where she was studying and then she was offered an audition for this no pressure and out of 150 actresses who auditioned for the part she was picked it's a bit of a rumour mill out mm. there who else was done some people say Sharon Stone I couldn't confirm that the only one I definitely know because Keith Coogan who plays Brad uh, said in an interview he auditioned with Phoebe Cates. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I love Phoebe Cates. Me too. She'd have been good. Uh, and someone called Valerie Bertinelli, who mm. I had to look up and hadn't heard of. Uh, but she's had a big career on TV. So, did okay at the box office. Uh, eventually, 
opened against uh, Inner Space, a five-star movie, yeah. as I said on that episode. <laughs> uh, and you laughed like that when I said it. Uh, and uh, one week after Mel Brooks' Star Wars spoof, Spaceballs. Which, oh, what a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> The 80s, man. Love it. Uh, but uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, the head of Disney's Touchstone Pictures, kept it in the cinemas throughout summer, and it became something of a sleeper hit, taking $34 million. Mixed reviews, though. Uh, people said Chris Columbus's direction was good, Elizabeth Shue was good, the script was pretty weak, and it was mainly the filmmaker's portrayal of African-American characters that was criticised. So this is 1987. Go on. It's interesting you say that because I was... Toying with the idea of saying connection is people of colour being um, thieves or musical in mm. both these films. They aren't actually characters. Yep. They are criminals. Mm. Um, in both films, you know, they steal car here. They steal in both films. They're stealing cars. Mm -hmm. And um, in both films, in the in in Ferris, they can dance, and in this one, they can sing. Mm. But you know, and, and John Hughes has been criticised for mm. the lack of. Uh, it, this film's being so white, and I think, yeah, you can say the same about this. There's only, I, but then what stopped me is there is one character of colour who who is does have a proper job. He's a doctor, the in this hospital. He's an Indian doctor. Oh, yeah. oh okay, yeah. okay. But it doesn't it doesn't let him off because it's quite bad. I. Uh, well, in 1987, LA Times said uh, the character's fearful response to the black city dwellers, uh, their words portrayed in the film, seemed to mirror the filmmaker's naivety. And the Detroit Free Press described the film's apparent theme as white kids should remain in the warm, velvety womb of the suburbs. When they enter the city, they encounter terror coming mostly from one-dimensional black characters. Sure, there, yeah. was, there are a lot of scary white people in the film as well, though. Yeah, true. I think for me, the wrinkle, I, I understood that the way it had been shot was like, oh, the black people are threatening and that's obviously that's no good but also they've got they've gone to a blues club and the point of the scene is white girl has a crack <laughs> an absolute mainstay of, of the African-American cultural experience and fucking nails it <laughs> and that to me is a little bit unforgivable yes, it's, it's, it's super cringe <laughs> yeah. and the funny thing is uh, they, they, they remade this film four years ago for the Disney Channel They've maintained that scene, but it's no. a rap battle this time. <laughs> oh, God, why do people not learn? And it's, if you can believe it, it's even more cringe than that scene. <laughs> I can. It, it really is. I can. Uh, so, shall we go through this film? Yeah. Then? What a way to start. And then he kissed me by the crystals. What song. did you think of this? I love the song so much. But a girl dancing around a bedroom to yeah, it. Yeah, to the whole thing as well. Lovely. I thought, it's fine if, we, if she's young and she's excited mm. about going out. Mm. But I was like, are we going to do the whole song? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's over the titles. It's isn't it the titles? I, yes, coming it is. Up? It yeah. is. I, I love I love the song, but yeah. I, I can remember thinking when I was eight, this is a bit it girly. Just, this is a bit it, girly. You put it in the sin bin with girls having pillow fights at sleepovers, which we don't do. There's another thing that we're always constantly doing in films, and it, but singing along to songs like singing down your hairbrush kind of thing. I don't know anyone who's ever You've done ever wanged someone with a pillow as well. It's painful. Wanged them. Wang. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a fan of that as a, an expression. What did, what, Walloped then. What did, what did you think of the dress she ends up in? Because she hated the yeah. dress. She insisted they, well, they flew her across the country to try on new dresses and then she ended up in that same dress and now she wishes, she she's glad she wore yeah, it. She says it's the right dress for her, but she did loathe it. Well, it, it makes, it's just a fucking dress and it's lovely. <laughs> Is it? I like it, okay. yeah. Right. A bit short, maybe. But. I mean, to me, this feels like they've taken that like sort of 80s mainstay of lip syncing to mm. songs uh, from Risky Business Ferris and Ferris Bueller. Bueller, <laughs> and, Ferris Bueller <laughs> and they've just uh, they've just gone, 
We'll just do it for the whole song. The whole song. Yeah. More, <laughs> yeah. more is better. Yeah. We've got 90 minutes to fill. Uh, so, Mike Toddwell, Chris's date, drives up in his Camaro. I didn't recognise him. Licence plate. So cool. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Cameron's licence plate in Ferris Bueller was nervous. Yeah. Mm. You missed it on Monday. That was your Yeah, opportunity. I know. Bugger. Mike Toddwell, def- definitely a twat because uh, of the licence plate. I can't verify this. It's it fe- This feels like one of those, uh, we've talked about this before, this feels like a piece of IMDb trivia wildfire right. that has just been adopted by every fact site about this movie on the internet. A lot of people saying Bradley Whitford used his own car, which was that Camaro, and his own licence plate, which was so cool. Right. Which I don't want to believe because I, I like oh, no, Bradley Whitford. If I was Bradley Whitford, I'd be well put that story around. Because it's, really? it's hilarious. Nah, I don't believe it. Uh, do you know what is true? Um, they ended up dating. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. Lucky her. Yeah, she said. Lucky him. Great yeah, couple. Yeah. She's beautiful. Yeah, great. Yeah. 2021. Brad and I became very good friends after Adventures in Babysitting, and I actually ended up going out with him. I'm not sure if he asked me or I asked him, but we did go out, but I haven't seen him in a long time. It's nice that we're both still working. <laughs> <laughs> Just a really odd way to end that answer. <laughs> and and aging like fine wines, the pair of them. Yeah. 100%. Did you watch season one of The Boys? She looked yes. great. Fantastic. Mm. He looks so much better now. He does. Do you think so? Oh, God, so much, yeah. Grey hair really suits him. He's always looked good. He cornered this market, though, in the mid-80s because I think the next year he did Revenge of the Nerds 2 where he plays an even worse character than this guy. Billy Billy Madison, that was early 90s. He was an arsehole in that as well. Yeah, yeah. And now he's so likeable, apart from Get Out, where he's a mega arsehole. I'm the handmaid's tale. He makes good points. It's a very complicated character. He voted voted for Obama twice, if you could. (laughs) (laughs) You'd like him in The Handmaid's Tale because you were expecting him to be a saviour and funny, and he isn't. Spoiler alert. But then he is. Spoiler. Yeah, Double yeah. spoiler alert. <laughs> wow, thanks. He's Brilliant. been this on is for like, like fucking, 15 this years. Is like, what's the movie? Uncut Jams. This is like Uncut Jams <laughs> all over again. <laughs> Uncut Jams. It's now three years old. <laughs> Let's not spoil it live, though. <laughs> but it was about two years old when you told me the freaking ending. I know. So anyway, he's cancelling their day at a French restaurant because like in both these movies, the... Pinnacle mm, of yep. a good night out in is Chicago. A French restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brad is obviously lying. Something that uh, Chris's BFF Brenda, played by Penelope Ann Miller, calls out immediately with the phrase, <laughs> he's, he's lying! He's Mike, not Brad, but you're going to call him Brad because he looks like a Brad and there's a Brad in this film and he's played by Bradley Whitford. Yep. It's quite confusing. Right. Well, anyway, he's Brad, gone. Mike's lying. He's gone. He, like, Mike's lying. And at the point she says that, I was like, do you know what? Everyone needs a Brenda in their life. About 10 minutes later, I was like, no one. No one <laughs> yeah. needs a Brenda. It's because her character switches. And like you say, this, maybe the script is an issue. Because in this, she's like, I'll tell the truth. I'm quite this. I'm whatever. And then in 10 minutes, she's like, help me. But she is sort of saying in this scene, which obviously you don't really pick up on about how she needs to get out of this town. Yeah. And mm. it's, you know, it's all too but she small. She seems quite capable. She does. Mm. She's not. And she's not. No. Um, she needs to go out, go away and find Carlito. Well, yeah, hi, Gail. It's took me fucking ages to recognise, even though I'm very really, different. Yeah, I'm really hung up on Gail. Jesus. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Penelope Miller's third appearance on the show, Collie, as well, obviously. And obviously. The Relic? Good work. Thank you. Any opportunity. The, the shadow to come. <laughs> <laughs> So Chris gets asked to babysit for the Andersons. Let's meet the Anderson kids. Brad is 15. He has a crush on Chris. In this version on the Disney Plus uh, app, he thinks Thor is a weirdo. Uh, also likes chocolate, must brush his teeth. Mm. That's his character. I guess I was probably seeing myself in Brad thinking about it. Yeah. 
I mean, I was a bit bland, isn't he? Well, maybe that was me, but um... <laughs> oh, love. <laughs> <laughs> Eight-year-old sister Sarah loves Thor, loves roller skates, must take cough medicine, wants ice cream. Uh, then there's best friend Daryl, Cooper Smith, who I see myself as, or at least I did. Uh, <laughs> I would have done had I watched this at the time. Fifteen mm. is a wise ass, loves porn. <laughs> <laughs> and, and watching watching this straight after Ferris Bueller, it was noticeable how the speed and pace of Ferris Bueller, it's just very slow setting everything up in this house. Yeah. And what it felt like to me was, you're Chris Columbus. You're about to nail this with Home Alone, yep. setting up things in a house with a family. Yeah. And it was just a bit, the pace was just I way off. I agree with you. That's why I think the direction is a bit patchy. And it's fine. You know, it's, it got better, obviously. But some of the scenes just feel like they're, he's like, let the scene breathe. And it, we yeah. just want to get on and, with and it. And to be but... fair, they're into the adventure within 15 minutes. Yeah. But I was still feeling like, let's get on with it, yeah, people. Yeah. He and, and Chris Columbus didn't write either of these movies, did he? So it's like, his, his direction probably did get better. You're right. It is. It's the director's thing. Although he's working for a much better script with Home Alone as well. Yeah. Which is a lot punchier. Mm -hmm. Uh, So at the time, uh, Brad, I think, would have been that kid that you all thought was the cool kid in the movie. Or I certainly did. He's a character in the 80s who was normally played by Corey Feldman, Mm -hmm. who is like the cheeky, wise-ass one, Mm a little bit cocksure. Yeah. He's more like, I think, Will Wheaton in Stand By Me or something. Because he's a bit nervous, isn't he? I think he's he's a bit sensitive. He's sensitive. He's too frightened to ask her out. He's got this crush and he writes poetry. Sorry, I've done it again. I'm talking about Daryl. Right. Okay. Daryl yes. is the kid who would normally be played Fine. by Corey with Feldman. You. With you, yeah. yeah. It's Anthony Rapp here, who yes. obviously is big in Star Trek now. That's right, Star Trek Discovery, yeah. Uh, so uh, the parents are off to some fancy due in the city. Uh, we get a very early, almost unnecessary ticking clock at this point of them coming back at 1am. I couldn't believe that. Have you ever been a babysitter? Like, someone's I'll be back at 1. Sorry, what? Is One o'clock in the morning, it's really late. Uh, no, well, that, could, that could be a problem, isn't it? <laughs> Ooh, weirdly, no one's ever trusted me with their kids. <laughs> so. I couldn't believe it. I was like, God, that's you earning your money. Have you babysat? What time do you have to go back then? So when I... you're out with Mark, what time do you have to be back? Oh, gosh. Oh, do you hire babysitters? No, his mum does it. Oh, okay. okay. But I would. We've never so we've never had to hire babysitters. We're very very lucky. Um, but I think you said one o'clock. I mean, that's we might as well stay over. Yeah. If that's not weird. My brother's smart. He's now dropping Beatrice either at mine or at mum and dad's yeah, for the night. For the mm. night. Done. I was. I nearly was a baby. So all my friends were babysitters, and then I, my mum and dad were like, "You need to, you need to get a job. You need to get down those mines and earn some money." So I was like, "Fine, fine, fuck you. I will get a job." And then I answered an advert in the local paper as for a babysitter and I got the job and then I went home and I told my mum she was like absolutely not there's no way you're doing that you are not why because she don't trust her she didn't trust her at home (laughs) remember what you did to the car imagine doing that to a baby yeah you crush a baby into a bus yeah crush a baby's head into a bus she didn't like the thought (laughs) if you drive a baby into a bus I'll be really mad she didn't like the idea and she was right in her way because I also knew plenty of dads that their relationship with the babysitter my friends was not above board really yes hey well, I've spent all bloody Monday talking about Yorkshire, Lancashire, <laughs> Lancashire dads and babysitters yeah so my, my mum was wise to that game so mm. I wasn't allowed to do it oh, you could have got on got it on with someone's dad that's what she was worried about what? yeah you? <laughs> <laughs> you look like Bradley Whitford <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Daryl brings a playboy with him. Um, again, just 
weird, Goonies level weird about adult themes. A playboy in a family movie. It's quite a strange thing to think about now. What, yeah. What is, it, it, you wouldn't do it now. No. But is it, is it because porn was more innocent back then or is it because you just you, we're more sensitive to that sort of thing or more disapproving? I don't know. I guess I guess Playboy was sort of the acceptable face of this. It's not like, you know, yeah. Sierra or Fiesta or whatever they like they named I don't a know lot what they that... named a lot of really sort of like the lower end of the porn magazine market. So if Hustler and Playboy are the top, then mm-hmm. you go down through Razzle mm-hmm. and even further Sierra and Fiesta. Nothing to do with cars, Ford. Yeah. Yes, but also <laughs> porn magazines. I only ever had readers' wives. I had amateur photographer. <laughs> Are you being um, serious? <laughs> no, no. No, my great uncle had a, 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 he had Reader's Digest books and one of them was Reader's Digest Amateur Photographer. It was porn. <laughs> it was how an older man who lived yeah. with his wife managed to look at pictures of naked women. Okay. Um, oh, okay. You know, she had to go to the Playboy Mansion to shoot those photos. Oh, she didn't have to. No, she well, they, did. They told her that she, well, that she was sent there. She said maybe it was a requirement from Hugh Hefner that if it was going to be a Playboy, then the pictures had to be there. No, it's Hugh Hefner wanted to see you yeah. in your underwear. Oh, well, imagine being sent to the Playboy Mansion to have to get your kit off. She says now, I wasn't naked, obviously, but I think the movie works because it has that edginess to it. I say fuck in the film and I went to the Playboy Mansion. Not in the movie, Elizabeth. In, yeah, sorry about that. No, that bit's not in the movie. <laughs> if that's sort of what you've wrapped this memory in, <laughs> to live with it. I, it's, they it filled me there. <laughs> it gave an edginess to the movie, the fact that off screen, I went to meet Hugh Hefner. It doesn't work, does it? Can we cut that, please? She means the porn mag. You know that. She says she went to the Playboy Mansion that gave her film an edginess. So we need to get this plot underway. Uh, we really do. So Brenda has run away from home. Uh, kind of set up earlier, as I said, uh, but like the idiot she is, Brenda, suddenly a moron, spends mm. all her money on the cab to the station, and so now she's trapped. Ever run away from home? Uh, no, I have not. No. Chris? No. no. I, I did go to Brighton and meet Baddy Drunk Boy when <laughs> oh, I was yeah? bunking off school. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, it's weird. School. He sometimes drank in pubs near the venue. Yeah, yeah and just gave, <laughs> gave me directions and let's have a drink. Have you chance. run away from home? Yes, clearly you have. I haven't actually, no. I once hid in the house until I, I could hear everyone getting really scared. And then I appeared and went, ha ha! Mm, I was you just tolerant. Well, I got two seconds of, thank God you're singing twat! Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. It's so right. funny. Like, if the kids like nearly hurt themselves really badly or do something, you're so like pleased they haven't done it. And then you're like, I'm going to, I'm actually mm. going to kill you for what you just did. Yeah. I, I did, was worried I'm, that you were dead yeah, and now I'm and now going I'm to dead you. you. <laughs> I ran away. My friend wanted to run away from her home, so I went with her for a bit, but then I had to go on for my tea. So I just left her. Why did I say no one needs a Brenda in their life? Run away from home with me. Oh, fucking hell. All right, for 20, 25 minutes, see how far you get. We just hid in a tree, and then I was hungry. And I, I remember taking her some... We were so little. I took her some biscuits so that she could stay out. Mm. And then I was like, I'm going home. Maybe you should come home too. She's like, yeah. So that was that. And they didn't even notice she'd gone. Did you have a nice time with Vicky? That was lovely. Yeah. Tea time. She gave me those biscuits. Yeah. So this bus station uh, is like a vision of hell. Mm. It's... Great. Yeah, it's fun. It's really fun. Um, there's a, a nice moment uh, in the script where Chris is finding out that Brenda's trapped in the station. And it's really, it's really, it's one of the really nice moments in the script. And she's like, oh my God, my friend's at the bus station. We have to go rescue her. But she's mentioned Mike on the phone. And all Brad says is like, she's like, Brenda's trapped at this bus station. She's like, who's Mike? <laughs> yeah. Really nice. Uh, so we're off to Chicago. 
which rather than being a Ferris Bueller love letter to the city, is a nightmarish hellscape that looks like a John Carpenter movie. Mm. That Deborah Hill fact on Monday is amazing. There are, do you not think mm-hmm. it feels like uh, Escape from New York yeah. or something yeah. of that ilk? Yeah, I do. Really weird. With the metropolis sort of glistening, mm. glimmering, in the, you know, this point that you've got to get to is very Escape from New York. Yeah, and it and, and all this stuff with Pruitt, the lorry driver, and the whistling, you know, the weird whistling, and the hook for the hand, and how darkly it's shot. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So Chris is telling them a story in the car, a kind of ghost story that babysitters tell. It's a bit of a trope. Yeah. And she tells them about a guy with a hook for a hand who scraped off the babysitter's face and the children's faces. Yeah. It's so grim. Love the 80s. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the word "scrape" to, to scrape someone's features off their face <laughs> with a hook and leave their face featureless and just a mush, <laughs> which she says, "Yeah, mad, <laughs> mad, mad decade." <laughs> and like you say, then handsome, handsome John Pruitt turns up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yep. I think he's great. Me too. Yep, he's... I'm a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of her trying to buy a tyre with a checkbook. There's a lot of buying stuff with checkbooks in this film, isn't there? There's a nice bit where she immediately screams when she sees his hook hand, but then the script does have her apologise for that. Mm -hmm. First sharp left here in the script. Uh, Pruitt's wife (laughs) is having an affair. You know that's Thor on the other end of the phone telling you. Yeah, I realised that only Mm. at the end. That's Dawson, so that's Vincent D'Onofrio. Don't spoil it yet. Okay, sorry, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he he says, in such a long-winded way, he saw a car parked outside. This is on a CB radio. You won't like who it is. And then handsome John Pruitt tries to murder <laughs> a man <laughs> with a gun. <laughs> uh, and shots are flying wild. They could go anywhere. Yeah, they do. And they smash the windscreen of yeah. the car which he will pay for later. So they jump in another car, the man's car who's having the affair, no less, uh, which is in the process of being stolen by Joe Gipp, uh, who turns out to be a very nice car thief. Yeah, lovely. He's a thief with a heart of gold. I really like this actor. He's mm. an actor. He's so good in this. I can't claim to have seen him in anything else. Uh, Calvin Levels very retired cool. from acting in 2003, uh, shortly after appearing in 1997's Skyscraper, a diehard ripoff uh, with the Bruce Willis part Played by Anna Nicole Smith. Wow. That was uh, his penultimate I've film. got that on DVD. <laughs> it says it's 86 floors of action-packed terror Can and it's do- 86 minutes long, which means a minute a floor. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Should we do it? I actually do want to do it. I've got it on DVD. Have you really? Yeah, I don't oh, think Oh, I thought you were it. joking. No. <laughs> a mate was getting rid of his DVDs and that one was there. I was like, I'm having that. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> there will come a moment in my life where I need to watch this. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. Yeah. I, can't, I watched the trailer twice. <laughs> it's that good. We'll do it with Barb Wire. That's not a bad uh, That's not a bad shout. Yeah, let's do that. Playboy action. Uh, there's a funny bit here where even though she's in a stolen car and she's nearly been shot, uh, Chris is being the babysitter and mm. tells the kids, "No chocolate. It's yeah. time for your cough syrup." It's funny, yeah. but it, I wish there'd been more of that. It was this moment, and it was only after I'd finished the movie that I thought this. I wish she was more hysterical throughout. Because I think there'd be, there'd be a really interesting difference here between the way the kids, being kids, are just like, this is exciting. Yeah. And her as a slightly older uh, young adult responsible for the kids is more hysterical. So, Alex, you want the woman to be hysterical and getting her tits out is what you're saying. This, this is not the feminist film that they've made. <laughs> <laughs> just a nipple. 
It's not just a nipple, is it? That's the, it's the, that's uh, the whole thing. Why don't you just cut, cut a circular hole in your blouse <laughs> and then poke the nipple through? It would even look decorative. It might not yeah. even be your nipple. Uh, why are you so frightened of nipples, Vicky? <laughs> Just a part of the human anatomy. Yeah, they right. give life. Here, look. This look at that. Oh, no. Life. Alex just pulled his shirt out. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Just we saw it, both of them. Yeah, society has told you you can't do that, Victoria, but you can if you want. You can want. if you want. <laughs> Are we rolling? Are the cameras rolling? <laughs> right. Right. Oh, thank you. That's <laughs> <laughs> going, wow. going on Twitter. Didn't expect you to yeah, be Yeah, I know. I don't seem like that sort of person, do I? But I'm very complicated <laughs> and I cannot resist a dare. Yeah. There we go. You, you do seem like that kind of person. <laughs> um, Alex. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, on, on that note, just so... Uh, Why Vicky, do you seem so flustered? This is a break coming up. He needs to go to the loo. <laughs> uh, so Vicky can put her, her blouse back on. Uh, we'll take a short break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, wow. Uh, you were gone a long time in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> and I was crying. Uh, so they arrive at a chop shop where the criminal bosses are so angry um, that these kids have turned up. Uh, they found their secret lair. They send them to wait unguarded in an office. <laughs> Near some rafters. <laughs> uh, more dubbing where they climb through the hole in the roof, as I said, shitting me to kidding me. Uh, meanwhile, the Anderson parents are wondering how Chris is getting on. The mum says 
Sarah will probably be hanging from the rafters by now. Not a phrase. Not a phrase. <laughs> no. Swinging from the rafters, just, yes. Just, just cut that. But also means yep. you're having a, quite a debauched time, doesn't it? I, or is it, that swinging from the chandelier? Packed to the rafters. Packed to the packed rafters, to the rafters yeah. means like a very busy very full place. place. And it, I, I get the cut. It's like hanging from the rafters. She's on a rafter. <laughs> but it doesn't. It's like a, it's like a mad person going, gosh, she's probably... Walking on a rafter away from some criminals right now. <laughs> the like, her. I know. <laughs> just do better script. Vicky, Vicky, the uh, the let's talk names. The the head gangster's called Bleak. Is he? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with that? Good script. Well done, Bleak. script. <laughs> so Daryl steals their playboy that has got information in that will put them away for 20 years. This is what this I is like. The, I mean, this is the best slash worst MacGuffin of all time. Mm. It's good because that they do it. Yeah, but to have the the, the notes for the Philadelphia order <laughs> on, a, on a, a Playmate, it's just... Because <laughs> it's, it's just a list of cars. So if you were a police officer and you found a list of cars written on a Playboy, you got, a, that's weird, but never mind. This <laughs> guy loves naked women and cars. Yeah, but not, oh, I've cracked open this chop shop that I've been stalking for years. Yeah, but at the bottom it goes, written by Bleak, crime boss, <laughs> my address. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I see why, they, they do a bit of work here, like, because Daryl earlier has gone, oh, that was my dad's Playboy you threw out of the window, so that's why he steals it. That's unnecessary script as well. He mm. can just steal it because he's he lost his it. Playboy and yeah. he fucking loves Playboy because he loves nudes. I missed that. I thought that was the reason. <laughs> no, no, they do. There's a lot of excessive stuff in the script. Mm. So they're on the run and they run on stage where real-life blues musician Albert Collins and the Icebreakers are performing and the gang aren't allowed to leave because no one leaves this place without singing the blues. Mm. Uh, I actually, weirdly, I was sort of fiddling around Googling, I found a tweet from David Simpkins, the writer, in 2020 on the film's 33rd birthday. He said, The scene had contentious origins. Chris Columbus wanted the kids to sing in a blues club. I couldn't find out how to sell it. Arguing, I said, What? Is it a house rule once you hit the stage? Chris smiled and said, Exactly. Okay. <laughs> to be in that room. I mean, this is the scene that the film was pretty much sold on. Right. You know, this is your trailer moment. Oh, no, they have got to go on stage and the kids and they've got to do a song. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's just not, not it's just, it's just embarrassing yeah. to watch. It's embarrassing. They should just be, it, it put me in mind of um, Thingy, My Best Friend's Wedding. Because mm. that subverts it. You think Cameron Diaz, she's gorgeous. She's got everything. She's going to get up and she's going to be initially hesitant and then she's just going to blast out this tune and she's going to be brilliant. And she's not. She's awful. Because in real life, quote marks, if you say you can't sing, generally you can't sing unless you're a real dick and you're one of those people that's like, I can't sing. Mm. And Which then she actually is in you can. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought, I thought there's no way we're going to play it like that where it's like, I'm actually really good at well, this. I feel like they're not cheering her being good. They're cheering her giving it a go. Having a go. Because she yeah. isn't good. She uh, is good though. Like she's not bad. I mean, she's not really singing as much as go. I did something, something. Yeah, yeah. And I did something else. But the producer, <laughs> she she didn't want to do it because she can't sing. And the producer was saying to her, "Now that's the point. Chris can't sing, so it's fine if it's awkward and it's." She not hits very a very. Good. She hits a high note at the end and mm, she nails it, right, and they yeah. all go wild. Mm. So yeah. You're right. There, there was there was a bunch of different ways they could have subverted this without this audience cheering and clapping her. Yeah. Well, you might have thought it was embarrassing and you might not have liked it, Victoria, but in 2021, Elizabeth Shue said in New York Magazine uh, on performing the iconic Babysitting Blues song, it was one of my favourite experiences of all time. Yeah, well, good. No, that's fine. Yeah. 
A room full of people paid to cheer at you. Need will to get make out more love. Need to get out more love. There are there's a world of experiences out there better <laughs> than that. Oh. I mean, I don't know what they are. You know, maybe coming on this podcast. Oh, don't be horrible about Elizabeth. Sorry, I'm not really. I'm. I'm just. It's just. I just sometimes feel that people say things in interviews and they just go, "Oh, that was one of my favorite experiences of all time," and that's fine. And sort of, if you're the journalist in the room and you hear that, you're like, "Well, obviously it wasn't," but it's, <laughs> it's just her exciting about it, getting excited about a moment as she remembers it. Yeah. But then when you see it in print, you're like, "That doesn't." That reads like, "God, really? <laughs> was it?" So we get the escape. We get Daryl meeting the sex worker played by Monica Devereux, who you might recognise uh, from the hotel operator in Home Alone Two or the flight attendant in Home Alone, aka Mrs. Christopher Columbus. Oh wow! It's such a funny—not funny as in that way—but the scene where they're talking about how old she is. Mm. It's fun when Chris is like this privileged seventeen-year-old, and the sex worker is a sex worker, and she's like, "Oh, you're seventeen." Oh, sorry, your life is shit. Bye. Mm. It's not <laughs> like even that. Funny. It's like she goes, she goes, I'm 17 as well. And she goes, really? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Like, wow. <laughs> yeah, what a bitch. <laughs> it's just such an odd scene because it seems to only be there for one of two reasons. Like the, the only reason is to remind us about Brenda because this girl goes, yeah, I ran away from home and this is my life on the streets. And Chris goes, Brenda uh -huh. end scene. Yeah. It's like that's all it's there it's quite for. brutal. That yeah. and the fact that they get to go in the next scene, you've got Daryl going, you've got no idea what that girl would do for $20. Mm. And you're like, this smacks of male filmmakers, a male director and a male writer going, that's fine. This is funny because it's a kid and a sex worker. Yeah. And you sort of <laughs> go, no. And they're going, no, but it's so naughty. <laughs> it's so fucking naughty that we're doing this. Can you believe we're doing this? It's like, ugh. Yeah, I don't know. And I think as well, if, if I only know this from my, you know, my true crime thing, runaways, the, the the idea of a runaway was a little bit different. I think people thought, I don't know, people, if, so if someone went missing back in the day, a lot of play, a lot of time would be wasted going, she's run away. And so you'd lose a lot of time tracking her down because people were thought to run away from home. And I don't know if the, if the rates of kids going missing is like fewer nowadays mm. but being a runaway was like a character trope that people would lift and put in movies and I don't think you see that very much these days do you? No. Like a teenager that's like oh I live on the streets I'm a runaway Certainly not in a knockabout family comedy Yeah Not, yeah, in, a, not in a way where the runaway sort of with pleading eyes says to our protagonist yeah I, I'm here because I ran away which sort of almost begs the question why what happened do you yeah. want to come with us can <laughs> yeah. we help yeah. not Brenda <laughs> Brenda! True. So, yeah, bit of a weird weird moment. Uh, but it gives us a chance to cut away to Brenda, who's had her glasses stolen and is now picking up a rat that yeah. she thinks is a kitten. It's just, why would, even if you thought it was a kitten, don't pick it up? <laughs> it's a bus station kitten. It's, um... It's a, it's a joke. It's a, it's a scene that is there for no other reason than they think that is funny. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. Uh, so, uh, we are now... On the train. In the bad music video. <laughs> it's uh, it's just, it's the Warriors. Yeah. It's two gangs from the Warriors. Um, it's the Lords of Hell having a knife fight with an unnamed other gang. Mm -hmm. A knife fight, though. It's the, I think the thing that upsets me most is the amount of knives in. I think it's just me, but when you when people pull knives, it's like a baseball bat is like fun, fine, funny. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Great knife. But a knife is just so stabby. It's, it certainly is very stabby. And someone does get stabbed. And uh, it's done in that yeah. sort of 80s where they're like, oh, I got stabbed. Like, <laughs> but, <"Mom!"> yeah. 
<laughs> but it's horrendous, really. He's a kid and he got stabbed. It's horrible. Hilarious. <laughs> he gets stabbed in the foot. I thought the joke was going to be, he's like, oh, oh, and then they pull it out and it hand-pierced the toe. But yeah. no, we've got to go to hospital because mm. we need to meet need handsome John Pruitt again. He turns up and then leaves. Um, <laughs> not, not, not entirely clear why he's at the hospital. <laughs> not entirely clear why that man has been arrested for having sex, I think, and being shot at. <laughs> like, I don't know what his crime is. <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah, he's having a bad night. He really is. Yeah. He's having a fucking nightmare. Well, it's because it's the 80s, you see. Violence was completely accepted to uh, to the, uh, the the what the organisation that uh, rated movies you could have violence just couldn't have any sex yeah so he's got to go to prison because he For had that. sex <laughs> Not, nothing to do with a fight just the <laughs> sex um, then we go uh, where are we now oh, shit right. party Jesus Christ oh Southside Johnny and the Dukes oh I love Southside Johnny <laughs> yeah. He's got some great tunes. They didn't pick one of his better ones. Is it a real thing? Yeah, he was, he's sort of like the, the, the cut sound. price Bruce Springsteen in New Jersey. Nice. Yeah. He's got some of the same band members. His music's really similar. And yeah, it's, so that's two quite big music artists they've got in this film. I know, but we've already had a scene with a band on a stage at sure. a kind of party. Yeah. It's the same thing again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's with uh, Southside Johnny, the, the man responsible for getting Bon Jovi into singing. Right. Bon Jovi was inspired by Southside Johnny, so right. you have him to thank for... And I say thank you. Yeah, I'm not mad. I love Bon Jovi. I love Bon Jovi as well. And we meet Dan, like we said, father of the bride star, George Newburn. Did you not get creepy vibes from Dan? I thought he oh, was yeah. going to be. I thought because we've had two attempted murders, potentially an actual stabbing, uh, shootings galore, criminals... I thought the next level that yeah. this movie's going to go to Dip is it. a kind of Patrick Bateman serial killer. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does have that feeling. The scene, uh, but also I again, man writers, Paul Rudd lookalike, whatever he's called, rescues Chris from being mistaken for Ms. March or the Playboy centerfold for March or whatever it is, mm. and that's enough for him to be a hero rather than her going, it's not fucking me, so just go away. <laughs> He's like, guys, it's not her. She's like, thank you, Paul look like I needed a man to tell another man that it's not me. Yeah, it's quite shoehorned in giving her um, a love in this film, giving her a bloke. And she's so into it. They have, yeah. like, they have, a, don't they have a slow dance I don't think. I don't think the film, they do have a slow dance. Yeah. For, for $45... He gets to slow dance with oh, her. Oh, that's true. Um, I, I you don't, never guess what she'd do for $20. <laughs> I don't think the film needs her to have a love interest, no. but I guess they thought if we want to get girls into the cinema, she's got to have a boy at the end of it. This yeah. is the 80s thinking. Yes. Yeah, well, he goes and gets her $45. Uh, meanwhile, 15-year-old Daryl gets some action with a college girl, um, which is nice. Daryl Darryl gets the girl as well. Eight-year-old me was loving this film. I bet you were. I bet you <laughs> Is were. this what can happen? <laughs> Is this going to be I my life? Chicago? <laughs> so Dan gets them in his car and drives them along this weird, dark underpass that's all neon lit. <laughs> yeah. It's got green lights. Their death. And Daryl says... This is weird. And Dan says, yeah, it is. <laughs> and you're like, this is leaning. Are we meant to think he might murder them? And then it's a nice surprise when he doesn't. Because then they're outside the Dawson garage. And like, she goes, he goes, I'll wait for you uh, yeah. if you like. And she goes, no, you don't have to. And he looks like he's going to punch her. Yeah. He looks like he's like, you he's, fucking what? He I just her. drove you here and you're saying, leave now. Yeah. He likes her. And I did just give you $45. And he so... wants her to be his babysitter. <laughs> um, then fine. It, it, then it, I hate to say it, 
but it's on George Newburn and he needs to work on the, oh, I'm a bit Agreed. hurt face Agreed. as opposed to the, oh, I want to wear Agreed. your skin face. <laughs> but the film has to get rid of him because although he's rescued them a little bit, it's got to be Chris who's 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 doing the rescuing. Good point. So. Yeah. True. So, and that's good. We yeah. like that. Exactly. And that's She's the hero. That's why it was misjudged earlier when I said she should use like the lookalike thing to get the $50. Yeah, we've, we've established that. But uh, the agency that he gives her is the important thing. Though. Yes. So it's time to finally meet Thor. <laughs> I bet you weren't expecting this. Uh, what a weird scene this is. It's good. It's Did you recognise him when he came no. up? As Thor. Well, Vincent, the fact is Vincent, Vincent D'Onofrio. This yeah. was released the same year as Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, yeah. That's Goma Pyle standing right there. He is slightly unrecognisable because Stanley Kubrick made him put on 32 kilograms, right. 70 pounds to play Goma Pyle. And obviously yeah. he's not got a long blonde wig on. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't recognise him. No. It's, At all. It's a shocker when yeah. you realise who that is. Because he looks the best he's ever looked. Yeah, because yeah. I remember years later just looking on IMDb and, and seeing he played Thor and going, what the fuck? <laughs> I've got to find a clip now. I remember that bloke. That definitely wasn't Full Metal Jacket, dude. <laughs> Let alone frigging Kingpin from Daredevil. So, I, I honestly... <laughs> that's, his first, that's his first Marvel character before Kingpin. Oh. Thor. Oh, nice. It's, um, I think this scene is absolutely brilliant. Um, I really do. And Elizabeth Shue says about Vincent D'Onofrio... Um, I remember he was so focused that one night and cared so much about the emotional reality of Thor. He wanted the character to be fully realised and not some cartoon. He wasn't like talking to people between takes. I was really impressed. Right. Now, I only say that because you really do get the feel this is a man who is fucking acting his arse off mm. in this scene and it benefits from that yeah. because the it's such a massive U-turn in one scene from him going... I want my five dollars. You're not taking your car. To her offering him the helmet and him sort of going, actually, yeah, I've got one of these at home and playing into the idea that he is Thor. Yeah. Such a U-turn, and he sells it. Yeah, I, I, I um spoke to Vincent Onofrio on a film set, and he is very intense when he's working. Mm. I flew to Brazil to interview him on this film set, and yeah, you didn't want to get in his way. And you didn't want to talk to him for long. And in fact, he only lightened up. I was flown out that day because he was he was starring in a movie about Pele. And the one day Pele came to set was the day I was flown out there. And he completely transformed when Pele came on set. And he had all these things for Pele to sign oh. for his like his nephew. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's a big man and he's an intense man. And the minute Pele left, he was like, who are you? <laughs> Can you get out of my eye line? <laughs> Don't touch these things Pele has signed. You're devalued. He's well cast as Kingpin, I will say that. So when is it, what movie is he, is he Kingpin in? In the Daredevil TV show, Netflix. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't watch it. Okay, uh, so there, I will say there is one weird moment, and clearly because he is so intense and he thinks through everything, this can only be intentional. As they drive off, he rubs his nipple. Like you watch him, watch it again. There's right. a bit, as they get in the car and drive off, he goes, okay. Just slightly on top of his little vest top. Right. Found it disturbing. <laughs> Got more nipples in this movie than I expected. There's anyway. Not, they're, not, they're, they're your nipples. <laughs> they're not my nipples. My nipples are very, very smooth and inverted. Let's <laughs> uh, press on my heart in a strange way. Yeah. Give it a bit of a murmur. I can, I can disappear an entire <laughs> pencil. pencil into them. Mm. So just the nibbles. <laughs> just the idea of you going like a pencil sharpener. 
sorry. What are you talking about? If I, if <laughs> no, I don't want, don't want to hear it anymore. His nipples were like a tube that went mm. inside him. And if I sort of tensed, I could fire pencils out of them, like a superhero, like a shit superhero. Like, ping, ping. I got him. I drew on that wall. Austin Powers did it. Oh. Uh. <laughs> oh, he did, didn't he? Oh. Well, not with a pencil, though, so that's your USB. Oh, yay. Back in the game. Oh, that's how I roll. Right, can we go find Mike? Yeah, because even yeah. though the film, even though the film took time to remind me of it earlier, I had forgotten about Brenda at this point. I was like, "Oh, cool, they've got the car, so that's movie over." Me but too, no, yeah. they've got to go approach Mike uh, in a fancy French restaurant where he's with a girl called Sis. So not Chris, but Sis. <laughs> Strange. Um, it's a good scene because Bradley Whitford. And I think this is what the film lacks. There's a lot of cartoon villains in this film and hmm. a lot of silly stuff. But here, partially because of Bradley Whitford's performance and partially because of the way it's written, Bradley is a proper nasty piece of work. Yeah. Yeah. When he calls her little girl yes. at that moment and says her knees are locked together, she's, yeah. her legs are locked together at the knees, it's vicious what he's saying. And it's yeah. good. It works for the movie until, once again, Chris does fuck all, Daryl kicks him over a table. Yeah. And I think it, it pulls but this through. Chris like... rises above it, doesn't she? That's what he's she's told to do, or she's suggested that she rises above it. She does rise above it, and it gives Brad his little moment where he can... He Not can Brad. Daryl. It's Daryl, because Daryl ah. touched his car at one point and got beaten up, we learned. Right, oh, OK. Yeah, and so that's, that's why... Yeah, Daryl kicks in ass. Again, it's not enough for me, though. You you kind of want Mike Todwell. Uh, there's a couple of people in this movie that have two... Their surnames could be cut in half. Like, Mike Todwell. Mike Todd is fine. <laughs> and, like, Daryl Cooper Smith. Daryl Cooper. What the fuck? <laughs> why have you given them longer names than they need? That's such a it's good just point. Odd. Especially Cooper Smith. Both very good. Yeah. You can't have Mike Well. That's stupid. No, Mike <laughs> Todd is fine. Mike Todd Well, Daryl Cooper Smith. So should should Chris have punched him out, do you think? I think Chris should have punched him. Fair I think, enough. I think we want a bit more violence with Vicky. Yeah, why not? <laughs> That's a great button. Great button for Chris. Um, so I think I think I think Chris should have punched him, but I also think because it was I think that's still not enough. I think Daryl needs to like have the arc on his thing where Mike beat him up for touching his car. They go outside and he touches his car or lets the handbrake off and you see his car roll away, his pride and joy. Mm, and nice. it ends with him chasing his car down the street, Lovely. crying Perfect. like a baby. Lovely, yep. Lovely. That, that would be a cracking change. That should have gone into change. It. Yeah, I should have done. So, I'm, I'm running out of steam now in the movie uh, a little bit. I'm like, can we finish this? I feel like we're, we're, we're sort of treading water a little bit. But we've got to get to the skyscrapers. Yeah, you've still got Die Hard to come. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right, this whole bit. I don't have much on it. It's like there's sort of there's a bit that just isn't directed with the I think because they dropped Sarah out the window, she climbs out the window on the rope. I'm like, and mm -hmm. the cover. So Elizabeth yeah, yeah. Shue gets out there after her and the other kids and they're all swinging on this building like the movie said it was going to and then it never happens. Yeah. It's a bit of the party with the parents, which is fine. I think is her mum meant to be a bit of a lush? Mm. She's a bit pissed, isn't she? She's like, I think I know him. Oh, I don't know if I do know him. It's she like, looks like a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I wonder if that's the guy. Because she goes up to a guy and goes, I think I know you from so-and-so and so-and-so. And, -so and he goes, that's someone else. End scene. Um, that might be Elizabeth Shue's real-life dad because he's in that scene. Okay. For some reason. Uh, a lot of her family are in that scene. And then we get Joe Gipp having his big moment where he knocks out uh, the big crime boss. Bleak. 
bleak. <laughs> and he is bleak. It's all right again. But more hitting, like, more hitting. How? But how? That doesn't doesn't solve your problems. It doesn't Joe. solve Joe's problems. Joe is like mm. works for them, and that's Joe's like, cool. Joe's gonna be fine, okay. and it means he can he can call back to by saying you're right. Babysitting is dangerous. Yes, which is a nice callback nice. to that good a good line earlier. Good. Uh, Daryl tries to look inside Brenda's jacket. Yeah, no thanks. What's that all about? <laughs> different times. Yeah. Different times. It was fine then. It was, yeah. I, the weird thing it was. It wasn't! I'm, I'm, the weird thing it was, well, it was because no one this, no one picked that up in the reviews. No one was like, nah. can you believe there's a scene where a kid does this? It was fine at the time. That's the thing. Okay. They, and they send Brenda away. Is Brenda okay to go home? I don't know what her home is. It's like Cameron. We don't yeah. know what's going on with Cameron. With Brenda, something serious is yeah, happening there. Yeah, she's so there. scared to tell her dad where she is that yeah. she waits for like six hours or she's, something she's in a bus a, station. She's a mature lady who's run away from home. I am worried for Brenda. Yep. Anyway, who cares? Yeah, yeah. We, she's out of the movie. We get the best Bye, visual Gail. gag in the whole movie here, which is where they're driving along, and it's just it's shot. It's the timing. It's so funny where they're driving along and they see uh, the Anderson parents, and Chris goes duck, and they all go down, and then just pop back up again. You know, I'm a huge fan of slapstick. Yeah, it's so funny. Anyway, uh, she gets home. Speed clean is funny, but then. <gasps> Dan's followed her home like the fucking psycho he is. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I brought a roller skate back because that party was not good enough that I wouldn't drive across Chicago into the suburbs to return a child's roller skate tonight. I'm going to eat you up. I'm going to eat you. I'm going to eat you up. Yeah. Uh, I, I want a babysitter. Um, I don't like her well, face touching as well. He's got that psychopath where just before they kiss, and it, I think I think it's an eighties thing. You don't see it so much anymore. But he's like sort of like pouring at her cheek, the like cheek thing, rubbing yeah. it, like sort of like getting a good grip before he's tenderizing sort of, it. You know, snaps her neck. <laughs> oh god! But I don't I don't like her cleaning the house and then putting her feet on the couch. Good point. That blew my mind that is naughty <laughs> says a lot about you and don't put your feet on someone else's couch no you wouldn't like that alex what uh, about my bare feet um <laughs> <laughs> also hairy gorilla feet also as as i've said before on this podcast bring it on home to me by sam cook is the best song of all time it does not fit here it was used well in gerald's, gerald's game. game it was used well in guardians of the galaxy 2 here, it does not fit for that scene. It doesn't fit. And also, she's gone to all the trouble of cleaning the house, but she doesn't tell the kids to get their jamas on. So mm. they're all just there in their full clothes. <laughs> yeah, okay, let it play, boy. If mum comes in, she's like, well, what the fuck is going on here? But but that's, you know, I, so I don't think that song works, but I think having Lenny kiss me, come on again, when she yeah. gets the kiss yeah. and when Brad closes the blinds, it's a lovely ending. Brad's Brad's gone on his journey. Yeah, Brad He's fixed. moved on yeah. and, and she gets a kiss, which, as I said, don't think she needs a boyfriend, but it's a nice ending for her. It's good. And structurally, song at the start, same song at the end, mm -hmm. didn't get the kiss at the start, got yes. dumped, gets the kiss at the end, gets the guy. So we've come full circle. Things are the same, but are different. <laughs> Uh, that's a lot, really, because I certainly didn't watch the post-credit scene. Did no. I watch it? No. It's just um, that that uh, gangster is still outside on the window waiting for someone to get him oh, on the road. Oh, okay, right. Wow. It's, it's a nice little button. Okay, that's not so bad. There was talk of a... Well, Elizabeth, she was asked in 2021 if there was ever talk of a sequel, and she said, Jonah Hill did somewhat of a sequel <laughs> with 2016's The Sitter. I was considering being in a small cameo as a sort of wink to the original, but I didn't end up doing it, which was great because it was shit. 
<laughs> she didn't. No, she didn't, she didn't say that. She that's not. That's not the shoe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's funny we're so, talking about all these weirdly adult stuff in this film. But that sitter has really adult that's stuff in it. That's meant to be. That's sure. Sort of, that's not a kids movie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's also not that funny. It's really not. No. And that's your lot. Okay. Uh, shall we do the sit? The what? Bits, sits, sitter, babysitter. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Keep oh, it. that's my fault, is it? Yeah, I think it it's is. It's not actually. bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chris, Bessie. I think you might be going for it as well. I don't know. I think that Thor moment is really magical. I don't know. Just I think that it's it's his performance. It's the way the girl sells that sort of magic of believing you're in the presence of Thor. But I think it's a really sweet moment. Interesting. I like it when we're in uh, Pruitt's cab of his tow truck and they're talking about the hook and reaching for the glove box. I think I I was genuinely laughing at that bit and I wasn't laughing at much else. Okay, uh, mine is the bus station uh, scene and it's the guy uh, who keeps showing Brenda (laughs) his gun and grinning. And it's like something out of fucking Jacob's Ladder. It's like, it's so nightmarish because you have, I've watched a shit ton of movies. We all have. And I have no idea what I'm meant to take from that motion and that face. What is he saying? I don't know. He's pulling a gun out and grinning and sticking his tongue out. And it's like, does he want to have sex with me using the gun? Is he threatening me? Is he threatening someone else? Is he asking me to go on a killing spree with him? It's very I good, don't know. Yeah. Because it's more scary because he's not like, look, I've got a gun. Yeah. He's like, look at this. Yeah. Look at this fun toy. <laughs> look at the gun. Look at the gun. I've hidden the gun. Yeah. Look at the gun again. He's yeah. so mad. He's brilliant. He should have been my MVW, but he's not. Well, who's your MVW, Vicky? It's Calvin Levels as Joe. Isn't he good? He's so good. He's just, That's yeah. it, skyscraper. Bang. Yeah, definitely. It just seems like I think he does. I think he outacts all of them. And I do really like Elizabeth Shue, but I don't think she's brilliant. Like I just feel it feels like the whole thing feels like a warm up, like a like the rehearsal before you shout action. It mm. just does. It just feels a bit like people could even turn to the camera and be like, "Have we, have we finished? Is that the joke?" Like it's just not as taut as it needs to be. Apart from when Calvin Levels is in it, he's so good. He feels like a movie star. He's got this yes. real sort of like movie star magnetism yep. about, it. like because he does. He's not got amazing lines, but no. it's just the way he sort of delivers them. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. Chris MBW, Elizabeth Shue. I fancy her still. No. Um, so what's unusual about this film is that hardly ever in the 80s did you have a female lead in a movie like this. Mm. It was always a bloke. And so, and I do think this film has a real feminist bent to it. I think it's, you know, she's a strong um, protagonist. She's got real agency. She's heroic. I think... It does a brilliant job of doing what all the boys got to watch when they were kids, but not girls got to look up to. So for that reason, I'm picking someone that we sh- should have done before, but it's t- tricky with her films. And that's Deborah Hill, because I think that's what she's brought to this film. She's brought that to a lot of John Carpenter films when producing them. And I think she went out of her way to make this because, you know, we weren't seeing that on screen. So and also she's such a big part of all the John Carpenter films, but we never vote for her because there's so many people in those films. Yeah. So bloody love Deborah Hill. Uh, well, we've all got a different one because I'm going for Vincent D'Onofrio in Thor because he sells the shit out of that single scene. He's been built up from the very start and when he gets there, you're like, good on you. Mm. Pulling it. Pulling it? Delivering it. Throwing it. Throwing it out Doing there. it. Getting it done. Yeah. Getting it done. <laughs> all right. And finally, what would you change, Chris? I mean, we've got to get that sweary version back in circulation. Yeah, with a few few nips and tucks. Yes, I'm not for censorship, yeah. but I do. Let's get rid of the homophobia, but everything else, bring it back. Um, because 
don't fuck with the babysitter is yeah. so important to this film. It, it is what the film is about. Yeah. That one line. So that's my change. Yeah, and I, 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 I do really feel like if I'd seen the original version, I think I would have enjoyed it more because I felt like mm. I was being babysat mm. by Disney. Yeah. There's still problematic stuff. There's some bitches and some sluts that, you know, are uncomfortable to watch, but... I mean, come on. I, don't, I, think that, I think keep the bitch in instead of witch because it works for the characters and it builds up to the don't fuck with the babysitter line. Yeah. So yeah. you'd keep that. Victoral. I think we need to have less hitting. I think there's too much hitting. Really? I, what? I'm so puzzled by this. This I is. I don't know why you're so hung up on the hitting. Just, do you, do you hate Tom it. and Jerry? No, I don't oh, yeah. know. I love Tom and Jerry. I just She's think... Marge in that episode where Marge, Marge has... Uh, oh. She's looking at you. No, I'm not. You are not. What are they called? What are they called? Itchy and scratchy. Itchy and scratchy, yeah, where she has them censored and it ruins the fun. <laughs> I'm not trying to censor anyone. I'm just saying, it's like you say, it's a maybe inexperienced when you're writing. How do I get out of the scene? I'll just have someone like smacked in the face. God, you must have hated the week we did Rocky. So <laughs> <laughs> much punching. But that's not my change anyway. So my change is... Yeah, yeah, of course it isn't, but you hadn't finished. Had you? you hadn't oh, finished. Oh, no, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm so surprised that you're so hungry up on the hitting it, I literally of all the things that I was like well you couldn't do that now that's so far down the bottom of the list Okay, I think bring more hitting back do you yeah okay good well when you do your change you can have put more hitting in it I will um, I so obviously it's the 80s and I know you love Deborah Hill and I know that this is a good attempt at having a, a woman in charge and get to do what the boys does do but um she still ends up with a man at the end and she's that's that's her that's the tying up of her arc and you don't need you just don't need it at all but aside aside from the fact that the Paul Rudd lookalike is creepy as all hell mm. it, her arc is I got dumped and then I got a boyfriend and she doesn't need it she's had a brilliant night in this you know a night of scary adventures and she's learned something about herself and her through line needs to be it's a bit uh, messy she's like she's like, I'm too old for this shit but then her boyfriend calls her a child and says she's frigid so is she too old or is she too young? Like, is she a child? Is she on the cusp of adulthood? What? Where is she? And the adventure she has makes her decide, no, do you know what? I am still quite a child and I want to hang on to that. Or I'm ready to be a woman and whatever. But you don't need a boyfriend to think those things. So get rid of that. I'm, literally, that's almost exactly my change because that's the bit. I, I find her arc a little bit confusing yeah. in this film. And I do think that's the line I picked up on. And I was like, that's the story. Her saying, I'm too old for this. Like felt like ah we've got our uh, we've got our arc yeah. and she's like she doesn't want to look after the kids and she's quite distant with them and then over the course of the movie she actually learns a bit about herself and learns like these kids like I think what you'd need to do is give her something that she wants to go to that is adult yeah as in so I had it as Mike's actually ditching her for the prom it's prom night at her school she's graduating. And instead of being able to do that, she's now babysitting these kids. She wants to be like with all her mates as an adult. And instead, she's looking after these kids, goes on this adventure and learns that actually shouldn't be dismissive of these kids because they're quite nice and they help her realise that who she is. Mm. And then the climax is at the prom where she confronts Mike and then all her friends are like, oh, my God, you're babysitting. And she's like, yeah, I'm a fucking babysitter. Yeah, and that's then nice. like, And that's the arc. Yeah. So and that's... then she finds a single man 
And it's handsome John Pruitt because oh. he's back on the market. That's yeah. true, yeah, because he's killed everyone. <laughs> he's covered it. Oh my God, can you imagine if it ended with him completely soaked in blood making love to Chris? Yeah, for mm. the five dollars that she, <laughs> she needed. So hot. Just like completely painted red. Like just a red man. Have I done it yet? Have I earned the five pounds or not? <laughs> I'm a grown up. But she still doesn't show him a nipple. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, also, just two subsequent things. Put the poster in the movie and recast Dan uh, because George <laughs> Newburn, I'm sorry, creepy as fuck. Done. Very good. So, you ready for the verdict? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! Um, who wants to go first? I f- well, um, Ferris Bueller's one, everyone. <laughs> uh, why do you like Ferris Bueller better, Alex? Uh, because the script, uh, the direction, the casting and the performances are better. I just, okay. I also, I think, uh, I, I just think, I think, I think fundamentally that's true. But also, unlike you, this was the first watch of Adventures in Babysitting for me. So, I, I, again, I know, you know, it happened a bit with 500 Days the other week, but I just, I have no... No fond memories of this movie. Uh, and even though I don't have massive fond memories of Ferris Bueller, I did still watch it a little bit younger. So it was like revisiting something. And this was sort of, to watch this in 2022 is just a bit like, oh, all right, things were different back then. And I kind of tried to get into the headspace of what it was like back then. But, you know, if I'd seen it at 10 years old, I'd have seen myself in Daryl going, he's the funny one, he's like, annoying, I'm annoying. And like, but to watch it now, I'm just like, fucking weird kid. My <laughs> fucking eyes out of her top. I get excited <laughs> when I find those 80s movies though that are so weird. I miss them. But yeah. no, fair enough. It's, you know, you're absolutely right. Vicky. The reason I like Ferris Bueller more than Adventures in Babysitting, Chris, is uh, I'm going to hang it off. It's So the whole conceit of not getting caught by the parents, which is in both films, it works better in Ferris because if Ferris gets caught, then the whole narrative stops and this day out is ruined and you're so invested in that because you're having loads of fun. Whereas with Chris in Adventures in Babysitting, if she gets caught by the parents, she just gets in trouble. So it's just that the stakes are lower and there is a bit of a charm offensive in Ferris Bueller that is very hard to compete with. So that's the reason. So we have a winner and that winner's Ferris Bueller! What's your reasoning, Chris? Well, I've been on an interesting journey this week. Um, I've changed my mind about Ferris a bunch of times over the years. And I loved Adventures, but I've not watched it often and I've not thought about it often. And comparing them, I thought was interesting because I felt like you've got one film that's all about plot. It's all about getting home. It's not really about character. And the other film, Ferris, is really about character rather than plot. Mm. It's about transforming Cameron's psyche. So on that front, where I'd always thought Ferris was about a cocky bloke being selfish, which I didn't like. Now I realise it's about a cocky bloke trying to help and look after his best friend. Nope. I, I think it's a much better film than I gave it credit for. And so I actually thought I was going to vote for Adventures in Babysitting, but 100% Ferris Bueller. Yeah. 100,000%. Three for three. Yeah. Three for three. Well done. Congratulations. I mean, no contest really. Do you, I, I do have a, a little uh, addendum. Like, did you think when you put these movies together, there may be a chance Adventures in Babysitting could come out on top this week? You weren't listening to me. I said I thought it was going to be an easy win for Adventures in Babysitting for me. Right. And I thought if one of you voted for it, okay. then it would have been a win. Okay. But I was wrong. Um, so on to next week. Vicky, what was your clue? It was... Live twice as long and prosper. Oh, what the hell are those movies? So one of them is Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. and then the other one is the other Star Trek Two: Into Darkness. Both available on Amazon, Sky, and Apple. Khan! 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 
is. Are they available anywhere? I just said they're both available. He was shaking. Amazon's got an apple. Uh, they're both widely available. Excellent. So next week we are Star Trekking across the universe. Yay! Um, can I have Cumberbatch? Can I have the Cumberbatch one, please? Sure. Great. We have this conversation off. I've off sort mic. of called it now, so thanks. Well, I'd, I'd already <laughs> called Wrath of Khan before we recorded. So well, it was I, a done I, deal. I, I called. Uh, I called. That's your lot. <laughs> um, if you feel so inclined, you can check us out on Clash Pod uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Clash Pod. While we'd love you to subscribe, and if you have time, review wherever you get your podcasts. Though I don't know why I'm saying that, as everyone has already switched off like Vicky did with Ferris Bueller before the Rooney scene. Um, but if you haven't switched off, thanks for listening and we'll be back on Monday with Wrath of Khan! Silly. This was a Stack production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.